Jen. Hey, Sydney. How's it going? <laughs> oh, you know, hanging in there. Yeah, are you still in New Jersey? Yes, I was going to go back this morning. To and, New York? Yeah, and then my parents kind of talked me into staying, so I'm not sure. I might go back, I might not. I think you should stay. This is the thing that happened with me. Like, the first three days, you everyone's kind of adjusting to literally being back into like your childhood home and there's like a power dynamic thing that happens yeah. like I my I know mom was like yelling at me for like not cleaning something right and my dad was like <laughs> yelling at me for other things there's just like a lot of that yeah my brother was like welcome back because this is how it's been <laughs> for me forever but I think after like those first three days we've gotten to a place where we kind of just let each other do their own things because we're all like adults now so it's like weird for us to be under one roof for um, sure it definitely took like that shift, but For now we're sure. now we're good. So maybe that's good. That's, we'll get over the hump. <laughs> that that gives me hope because it's it's such an adjustment, even with like doing work and finding your space yeah. in the house, and you know there's six of us and three dogs and a cat. So it's like mm-hmm. there's a lot of things going on. But yeah, yeah. I, I think you're right. It's just you know what happened was I interrupted their rhythm. So they have their way of doing things and they're yeah. used to doing things. And then I'm like a pusher. I'm like. I like try to help make people be better. It's like, but some people are cool with like just doing yeah. things the way they're doing things. So it's like, I have to adjust and they have to adjust. Yeah. But, but you're right. It levels out for eventually. Sure. For sure. Oh man. But yeah. But yeah. That's good. You can, can you get outside there too a little bit? Yeah, it's so much better than the city. How yeah. about you? You're in Virginia. Yeah, so my mom just did like, my mom and I just did a live workout on my Instagram. And yeah, I'm going to try to go outside later. It's very like simple, back to basics here, but. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. I love that you do that with your mom. That's really I know. Cool. She's cute. She is. She's pretty good at it too, so it's impressive. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. Anything new with you in the world? Not anything really new. I have been dating, FaceTime dating less now have that you, I'm home. Have you talked? Oh, less. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Because it's I weird. Mean, it is weird. And like bringing a stranger into your home via your phone. Yeah. <laughs> and with um, your family around. Yeah. Home. And you're trying to like be like cute, like cute and sexy while your mom is next to you. It's not really right. Out. Yeah. Um, I got, I'm on the league and they have like these, uh, like, what are they? Like, chat rooms or like it's kind of like chat it seems like chat roulette do you remember that where you would just have like quick videos where you would say hi to strangers sort of yeah um so I tried to join that the other night but it was it's on LA time and I didn't want to stay up until midnight to join this chat room I see and, like put makeup on and do all the whole thing at midnight that's in my so house. interesting <laughs> like a chat, yeah. that's pretty cool yeah when do you think this is gonna end I'm like I don't know because they were like yeah, well, first of all, President Trump was like, yeah, it'll be, we'll see in a week, and there's no way we're going to be done in a week, and there's right. no way, I don't think we're going to be done by, um, by, what's it, Easter, either. Right. I don't, I just, even if, like, it goes away, like, or those cases get better, it's still going to take time to, like, shift everyone out of this environment right. that now we're in. I don't know. I agree. I mean, I hope it's not forever, but I think, I think by summer is yeah. so maybe, like, end of May. I, I think, think so too. Let's cross our fingers for that. Yeah. And just I mean, I, I can make it that long, I think. Yeah. It's not, it's not so bad once you're used to it. Right. But. It's like the season, spring. Yeah. It's yeah. basically all of spring. <laughs> Quarantine yeah. spring. It's giving us time to get our summer bodies together. Hopefully. There you go. Let's look at the positive side. Yeah. But, I mean, but, um, I haven't started yet, but we'll, we'll, we'll get there. But yeah. We can do it together. But yeah, we hope everyone's staying safe and... Um, today, entertaining themselves somehow. yeah <laughs> keep listening to GBB yeah. um, we have a cool guest today her name's Julia and she's an eating uh, re- eating disorder recovery coach yeah I really liked this episode I felt just like calm talking to her and she has a lot of like knowledge and she uses a lot of um, what she went through growing up with her own eating disorders and uses it for her clients and all of it's online too so it's a great time to be if you're looking for something like that or some kind of outreach. Um, she'd be great to have, or even just listen to on this episode. There's so much that I learned just from like talking to her today. Absolutely, so. same. And you're right; she has such this like calming aura. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really I really, great. I really liked talking to her. It was yeah. great. So, and keep letting us know like what you want to hear and all that good stuff. Yeah, 
DM us at Good Bad Behavior Podcast if you have like guests that you think would be great or questions that you want us to answer before or during our episodes. Let us know. Yeah. All right, guys. Enjoy this episode. Enjoy. All right, Julia. Well, thanks for being here. We're here with Julia Parzik, an eating Hi. eating disorder recovery coach, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. Um, so how did you get into doing that? Um, honestly, I had no intention of ever getting into that space at all or even doing like virtual coaching. I mean, when I was younger, that wasn't even an option. I just turned 30. So I feel like I it was like in college that Instagram started becoming a thing, but I used to be a teacher. So I went to Michigan state to be a teacher. I was a second grade teacher for like a hot second. Um, and then I was a professional nanny out in LA and then here in Denver for a long time. Um, and I struggled with my own eating disorder for 10 years. And when I was in LA, I went through my own eating disorder recovery and I've always been really just interested in mental health and eating disorders. There's a lot of them in my family. So I just, I just found it to be super interesting and love to learn about them and obviously my own. Um, and I just knew that I wanted to get into that space. It was really what I was passionate about. It was what my Instagram started to be about. Um, so my friend Jane recovery, loving care, she's out in Charleston. She has a recovery coaching curriculum that she trained me underneath. She's a master's level clinician in eating disorder therapy. Um, and so just, it's been just over a year. So I started in last February, I've been doing virtual online coaching for recovery coaching for eating disorders and I absolutely love it. It's, it's been awesome, but yeah, never the intention, I mean, 10 years ago to do that. So. Right. That's so cool. How you kind of just took your experience and what you were passionate about and just kind of like crafted it into your business. Yeah, luckily it's it's turned out all right. I mean, I can pay my bills, so, <laughs> so that's good. That's, that's really good. When did you um when did your eating disorder first start happening? Was it in high school or did it start later? It started when I was about like thirteen or fourteen. <laughs> Um, and I had just changed schools and I, I have an older sister and she's blonde haired, blue eyes, 5'11". I'm like five, four short, curvy tan, like just complete opposite. And she's absolutely stunning and beautiful. And I always looked up to her and I wanted to be like her. And I realized like my body wasn't like hers. And when I went into high school and like middle school, I started to notice that, that my body was not like the other girls in my class. Like everyone was really short and petite and tiny. Um, and that just wasn't me. I'm very much built like, like my, my mom, who's very curvy. And um, I started to get called potential because I had potential to look like my sister. And I just internalized that all. I started getting bullied, bullied about my weight. Um, and I never really thought I had an issue with my weight until like middle school or high school. I, I ne never paid attention to my body. I just moved my body and played outside with kids and ate whatever the heck I wanted. And I didn't really care. I was happy. And then once I started to realize I was getting like a negative attention about it, instead of being like, these kids are assholes, I was like, oh, my body's a problem. And I started to restrict food a lot. And then like my eating disorder over like the last 10 years really changed and looked really different. Um, it went from like restricting a lot to bulimia, to orthorexia, to binging. And so it took like a lot of different it, like forms, um, which I think that's the thing about eating disorders is it doesn't look one way for a certain person. Just because you have an eating disorder doesn't mean you're going to be skinny. I was never really super skinny. Um, so yeah, it started when I, when I was pretty young though and lasted until I was about 24. Wow. I've heard eating disorders like come on a lot of different ways. Like I've heard them be like a thing of control. And then it sounded like yours was more of a comparison thing and like a way for you to get the body type that you wanted. Can you talk yeah. About yeah. I mean, yeah, that's the thing is like a lot of them, it, it, a lot of it can be like childhood trauma. Mm -hmm. Um, I had some sexual trauma that kind of exacerbated my, um, eating disorder as well. Um, there is psychosocial, um, mental illness. So it can be genetic. It can be, um, from just your environment. It can be from, 
just the way like your brain is um, and just you can be wired to have an eating disorder. So it can be so many different components. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, it was definitely uh, to gain some type of control too. I like felt like I was so out of control in my like external like world. I had no control over what people were saying about me. Um, I felt like I had no control over like what men were doing to my body. And I was like, okay, what can I control in my life? And I can mm-hmm. control what I eat and I can control my body. And maybe if I become skinny, then I'll be accepted. Then people will appreciate me. Then people will treat me okay because that's what we're fed. We're fed if you're skinny, if you're tight-toned, blonde, uh, then you're going to be successful. You're going to be happy. Um, you're going to be in a loving relationship. And I thought that would all come once mm-hmm. I had this like ideal body type and none of right. that shit came. <laughs> so. Yeah. From so early on, especially like females are, we like our worth is kind of like what we look like or it shouldn't be, but that's kind of what it is sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's so like, yeah. visual. you know, we're taught to like look a certain way and be a certain way. And then we start to equate our worth to like what we look like. And it's so sad, but I think things are moving in a different direction, but you know, because of people like you <laughs> that yeah. are helping people get out of it. And what I love about you is everything on your Instagram is full of like who you are, you own who you are, you're super confident and you are helping others to be their own person and to own who they are and to just be confident regardless of what stage they are, they are in on their journey and stuff like that. So it's just super powerful what you're doing. Thank you. Yeah. It's definitely taken a long time for me to be comfortable in my skin. Um, I've always been really like loud and goofy and just kind of like wild, but, um, yeah, definitely, especially just like portraying that all on social media for like stupid trolls to always give their opinion. It can be hard, but I mean, over the last six years or so, I've definitely become just kind of confident and just like saying whatever the hell I want on social media. How did you transition, transition like your mindset around your body and like get yourself out of that place of having that eating disorder for so long? How did you yeah. do it? Um, I mean, it took a lot of work and that's kind of like why I do the recovery coaching. Um, mm-hmm. I know for me, if I didn't have my therapist checking in with me and being like, Julia, did you do that thing we talked about or did you implement those tools? that we discussed, I probably wouldn't do it. Um, And that's not to say that you can't recover from your body image issues or disordered eating or anything like that without support. You definitely can. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's definitely helpful to have support. And so I ended up uh, hiring um, an eating disorder therapist and a registered dietitian that helped me with intuitive eating. And so we kind of worked through everything that started coming up for me when it came to my body image and feeling like all of my worth was in how, how I looked and really reframing and rewiring my brain. So I actually had to like rewire the narrative that I told myself, you know, and if this has been something that you've been telling yourself for a really long time, your brain's always going to take this like same neuro pathway. So I had to create new pathways for my brain to take. And that was like constantly implementing positive self-talk and having like an inner dialogue with myself. I, use this with my clients where I say you have a healthy self dialogue and then an eating disorder self. And so it's felt kind of crazy at first, but I was literally having conversations with myself all day back and forth, like with my eating disorder self and my healthy self and just having this like rational objective conversation. Um, and eventually your brain does start to rewire itself and you're able to have this positive self-talk, but it just takes, it, it can take years. Mm-hmm. Um, But I really just had to remind myself that my value wasn't in my body and figure out like what were other components of myself that I really liked about myself and like Mm -hmm. build on that. So kind of like shifting your focus from like the ways that you used to do things to like what you can control, but in a positive way. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And like every day, instead of focusing on like, how can I make my body look a certain way? It was like, how can I show up in a way that like feels fulfilling for me that has nothing to do with my appearance, Mm -hmm. which is a hard shift to do. It's really hard. It's yeah, it's very hard because it's like what you consumed your entire life with for so long. And then to completely make that shift takes a lot of, like you said, like re reworking your brain and just like reworking how you live your life every single day. So it's very impressive and very amazing you're able to do that but is there do you remember like a point like a shift point that you realize like oh I can't keep living like this I can't keep talking myself like this was there like yeah or is it 
like kind of over time you realize it was like not sustainable? Um, I mean, there were definitely some big points in my life. I remember thinking, oh my gosh, this is just what I have to deal with for the rest of my life. I always thought people like had some type of hardship that they just dealt with. And I was like, my body's always going to be an issue. This is just my thing. And then I was like, that's kind of a fucked up like narrative that I'm telling myself that like, I just have to deal with the bad body image. Mm -hmm. Um, and I remember I was nannying in LA for, um, I'm still super close with the family and super close with the little girl. She was like five or six months old when I started with her. And I remember I, I was doing the 21 day fix for beach body. I used to be a beach body coach, which was just like, just, just perpetuating my eating disorder. Yeah. And it was so bad. And I remember like counting my almonds and like putting them in this stupid little green container. Those little cups that they have. Oh, the little oh my God. Ones. I remember like trying to stuff as much like cheese <laughs> as I could in this like tiny yeah. container. And I remember <laughs> counting these almonds and it was like eight almonds. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like I am counting how many almonds I'm having and I know I'm going to be hungry afterwards. And I remember just like constantly body checking, like in the mirror, like lifting up my shirt and sucking in and stepping on the scale, like multiple times a day. And I was like, Holy crap, I don't have any more time or space in my brain to think about this shit anymore. Like other things are falling apart in my life. Like I gotta, I gotta like work through mm-hmm. this shit. And I just remember calling my mom being like, I have to like get a therapist. And I remember thinking that I was just going to the therapist about like anxiety and like some body image stuff. And my therapist, Amy was like, no, you definitely still have an eating disorder. And I was like, Oh, okay. And, like I didn't really think I had an eating disorder cause it had changed. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't making myself throw up anymore. So I didn't really think I had a problem, but that's the thing about eating disorders is they can take on so many different components and people are like, well, it's not that bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I kept telling myself. Like so many other people have it worse. Like mine's not that bad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was just, I was honestly just tired. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I'm oh sure, gosh. I'm sure it like took a toll on dating and other things too. Oh my God. I, I just remember sleeping around so much and just trying to like fill that void with men and like just sleeping with people that I didn't even care about and having like one night stands and like sleeping with guys that didn't respect my body. And I was thinking that maybe that would make me feel wanted and make me feel good about myself. And then it was like, if I did get into a relationship, I became so codependent and I can't, mm-hmm. I relied on them so much to like fill me up. And so after like my eating disorder recovery, I was literally single for six years. I was like, I mean, I dated here and there, but up until six months ago, I just met my boyfriend and I was just like, I am like vowing to myself that I'm not going to just like date to date. Like it's going to be like a good human. Wow. That's like, I just got chills because I can relate so much to that. Like not only did I have, used to have eating disorders, but I used to do the same thing, like look for something to fill that void and like mm-hmm. go searching for it and sleep with people and just kind of like want to like looking for them for something I should have been giving to myself kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. I was like, I have to validate myself. I can't keep looking for this yeah. external validation anymore. Right. Wow. So it becomes really toxic that way. Oh your, yeah, it was bad. Did your family ever like notice it when you were growing up or did they mm. ever, cause you said it kind of ran in your family. Is it because yeah. of it? Um, so it's interesting. My mom didn't, (laughs) I feel so bad till to this day because I had a blog at the time. And I think Mm -hmm. at like 23 or 24, I wrote a blog post about my eating disorder. And my mom called me and was like, what? And I was (laughs) like, I'm sorry. Um, I was really good at hiding it. I, so my mom had an eating disorder when she was younger and my parents were always super supportive, never like pushed any diet on me or anything. They always like showered me and my sister with love. But again, it can be like a genetic type of thing and just Mm -hmm. your brain can be wired to have that. Um, And a couple other women in my family had one as well. And um, I was always so goofy and I, I just, I hit it really well. And my mom knew I had body image issues and like an unhealthy relationship with food. And she was also dieting as well. So, Mm -hmm. you know, for someone to, I think, acknowledge that 
somebody else has a problem, you kind of have to acknowledge your own. And my sister was also struggling with an eating disorder at the same time. Um, and hers was visibly recognizable. Like you could tell she had one. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of just like hid behind that. And I just was like, oh, okay, no one will ever know I have mine because mm -hmm. they're focused on other things. And so, yeah, I mean, and obviously my parents know now that I had one and my mom like feels guilty about it. And I'm like, I mean, I did a good job at hiding it. Like if I wanted to be found out about it, I would have made that mm -hmm. known, but I didn't want help. So yeah, for a long time, I just hid with it. Wow. It was kind of like your own thing too. Like, I don't know. It almost mm -hmm. sounds like not like a secret friend, but like something oh, that yeah. you had to yourself in some kind of like twisted way, but. Oh yeah. No eating disorders. Like I, a lot of the time it makes you feel special and mm -hmm. it makes you feel unique. And I was like, well, this is the one thing that I have. And like, I have this amazing willpower. I had this kind of like secret about myself that nobody knows. And it like made me feel special in some type of weird way. Yeah. Um, and I, looking back, I'm like, ooh, that's kind of creepy. But like, that's kind of what an eating disorder does. It's like this like secret little friend. Wow. Yeah. That's so crazy. It is crazy. I definitely want to, I've been following your journey for a while. So I definitely want to get into like dating, like how you met your current boyfriend and stuff. But it, for people who are currently struggling, struggling with eating disorders, like, do you have any advice or like words of encouragement to like help them see the light at the end of the tunnel? Yeah. I mean, and especially right now with the coronavirus, like if you have an eating disorder, it, I, all of my clients are really struggling right now. And just because like this idea of food is scarce, your routine is messed up and like eating disorder recovery, like really thrives on having a, a routine and, and kind of maintaining that. And we're all just like thrown off. So, mm -hmm. um, if you are currently struggling because of this virus right now, and you have been recovered for a long time, like definitely reach out for help, like support in eating disorders is huge. Like isolating yourself. That's what the eating disorder thrives on. Um, and I fully believe in full recovery. I know there are some people that don't believe in full recovery. Um, but no matter how serious or not serious that you think your eating disorder is, if you have an unhealthy relationship with food, if you feel like your mind is constantly consumed with food and disordered thoughts and an unhealthy body image, like you deserve attention, you deserve support and help. Um, and there are so many different options for you. There's so many free options. There's so many support groups, um, therapists, registered dietitians, and please feel free to reach out. I'm happy to guide you in that way to figure out what type of support you need. But I think the biggest thing is just acknowledging like I have a problem and I need some help. Um, and, and that's like the first step through recovery. Can you walk us through like how you work with your clients and like the, mm -hmm. you know, like the, what you do for them and like your mm -hmm. online coaching and things like that? Yeah. So, and the awesome thing about recovery coaching, it's catered to each client. So you don't have to have a diagnosed eating disorder. Um, and each program is going to look really different for someone that's anorexic or has binge eating or disordered eating or body dysmorphia, whatever it is. Um, but I meet with my clients all virtually through like a zoom call. It's on a app called healthy. It's all HIPAA compliant software, which is really awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, but I meet once a week with my clients. Um, and in those sessions, we kind of talk about how to have a healthy relationship with food, figuring out your hunger and fullness cues, because um, that's going to be really crucial in being intuitive with your eating, um, working through like your inner critic voice and kind of figuring out where that, that inner critic comes from and reframing that negative self-talk and again, holding you accountable and implementing those things. Um, also working on being intuitive with your fitness. If you want to have a relationship with fitness and figuring out how movement can help heal you, um, because it can become obsessive and, um, really just figuring out how to heal that body image and kind of figuring out like the core root of where that came from. Um, I also offer 24 seven chat room support with my coaching so they can message me through the app and be like, Hey, Julia, I'm having like a really bad body day. Can you help me out here? Um, I offer like meal support with my clients. If they struggle with certain foods to eat. Like I had a slice of pizza with one of my clients last week and we talked about, and it was all virtual. It mm -hmm. talked about, you know, the, the fears of coming up, um, about eating this slice of pizza and kind of working through those food fears. Um, and then I give like supplemental work outside of like my session. So whether it's like journal prompts, breath work, um, 
mindfulness, self-care, you know, reading assignments, whatever it is. Um, and I do like three and six month packages typically. Um, but yeah, that's kind of like the basic rundown. Um, and again, like it's very catered to each client. So day to day, it looks very different for everybody, which is awesome because everybody can do it. So the quarantine chronicles continue. I'm stuck in my New York City apartment and I was thinking tonight I'm going to take a bath because, you know, who has time to do that really during when things are crazy and back to normal. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to use one of our partners, Ebonel Skincare. I'm going to use the peeling gel. I'm going to put it on my face, get in the bath, and then peel it off. It's called the Ultimate Peeling Gel. It contains natural moisture, rich cellulose, which gently removes dead skin cells, impurities, and clogged pores. The ingredients such as stem cell extracts, peptides, vitamin C and E, and natural cotton leave the skin feeling silky, smooth, and deeply hydrated. Their gentle yet effective formula helps to activate new cell regeneration by visibly lifting dead surface skin cells to uncover radiant complexion. Experience an intensive yet gentle exfoliation to eliminate dirt and grime while also providing a soothing sensation without irritating or stripping the skin of its natural moisture. It's gentle for all skin types. You can use code GBV20 at checkout to get 20% off your order. Ebonel Skincare, all of their products are made in California. They're organic, cruelty-free, free of any parabens, sulfates, and fragrances, and they strive to make high-quality products that are also affordable, and most importantly, that actually work. Don't forget to use your discount code at checkout, GBB20, and you can find them at ebonel.com. That's E-B-A-N-E-L.com. It's so amazing, especially right now. That's like a perfect setup for well, that we're all stuck inside. And it's yeah. just like you've really hit the point of like, it's not just like food. It's not just like trying to be skinny. There's so many layers to eating disorders. Oh, yeah. And like, yeah. even if you don't fully have one, like there's so much like pressure that's been put on women and just like that can come up so easily. So it's, I would like how you like put in all these different like facets because it's not just one thing. Right. Yeah, it's it, most of it is really not. I mean, it is about the food, but it's also mm -hmm. not about the food. And when you start to heal these other parts of you, the relationship with food starts to like weirdly heal alongside of it too. Totally. Yeah. For me, it was always like an all or nothing mentality. Like mm -hmm. I would either like have a great day or like a fuck it day. And yep. like working with my therapist, I've kind of been able to like it's like a never ending journey. Of, it's like more in middle, not so like high and low. Yeah, like flatten the curve. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We've been hearing yeah, that. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's what my gal used. That's our new normal. Flatten the curve. coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Um, so I love your daily dance. So I love the daily dance. <laughs> and I also want to get into how you met your previous. I mean, yeah, your current, current. boyfriend. Um, <laughs> yeah. I remember seeing some posts and about you, like, at least you're putting yourself out there. So was there a time where you were, like, putting yourself out there and, like, it wasn't going well? Or was that just... Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, for six years, like, I really struggled with dating. And I did the apps, and dating in L.A. was really hard. I thought Denver would be better. It was actually, like far worse. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, it was, it was terrible. Um, I feel like there's Peter Pan syndrome here. Like no mm. man wants to grow up and he's like, I just want to hike and smoke weed all day. And I'm like, yeah. okay, like I'm about to be 30, bro. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I consistently would like go out on dates. Um, I really tried hard not to like sleep with anyone right away just because I wanted to, hold myself accountable and, and not finding myself in kind of this hookup culture that we're in. Cause I was just like, I've done it. It doesn't feel good for me. I'm not that girl that's going to be like, yeah, we can totally do that. And it feels good. And in the back of my head, I'm like, I hope he like wants to marry me. Um, <laughs> so it like right before I met Carl, um, I was dating quote air quotes, dating someone for about six months. And it was a fucking nightmare. Um, a lot of manipulation, um, a lot of just like narcissism in him. And um, I just really found myself 
getting into this like old pattern that I had been in. Like I, I was really vocal in the, in the relationship, which I was really happy with. Um, but he just couldn't give me what I wanted. And I really wanted a committed relationship and I wanted exclusivity and he kind of wanted to do what he wanted to do, but have the benefits of the relationship. And after a while, I was just kind of like, mm, no, this, this shit doesn't fly with me. And so the second I ended that, I ended that on like a Sunday. It was like after we went camping and um, I was just like, you know what? Like I'm, I'm too old for this shit. And I ended that. And then a couple days later, I was with my friend Riley walking at the park, venting about this dude and just being like, oh, I'm so fucking pissed because like I found out two days later, he like hooked up with some chick, had been talking to women the entire time. And I was like, oh, thank God. Like <sighs> so that I ended this. But like, it was just, I was just like, oh man, I, I feel kind of like a release, but I was also just like hurting. I, you know, was a little bit heartbroken and I was walking around at the park here called Wash Park and I saw this dude playing basketball and I'm super attracted to black guys. There's not a lot of black guys in Denver. Um, it's like a very white city. And so he just stuck out to me because he was like the only black guy at the park. <laughs> but um, I saw him playing basketball by himself. And I told my friend Riley, I was like, oh, my God, that guy's so cute. Like, let's walk over and see, you know, let's like, get a closer look. So <laughs> we walk past him. And I didn't make eye contact with him this time. But I just, like, looked at him. And we, like, walked over to the park and were, like, being stupid girls and played on the play plays for, like, 10 minutes. <laughs> and then we walked back again. And he was still playing. And him and I, like, he hit a shot and it like didn't make it, which is funny because he didn't make a shot the entire time. <laughs> and I was like, this guy's such a dork. And it like bounced off the rim and started like bouncing my way. And he looked up and I looked back and we both like locked eyes. And I was like, oh, he's going to come up and say hi. Like it was like an intense lack of eyes. Well, the kid fucking picked up the ball and walked away. And I was like, are of you kidding me? <laughs> like I was like, what's the fuck? So <laughs> I just had this weird inkling where I was just like, I need to like give him my number. Like I just, I felt like very drawn to him. And since I had just broken it off with this guy, I was like really vulnerable. I would totally be down to like go give someone my number. I've done it before at bars, but I was just like, Ooh, I don't want to be rejected. And if he's like, I'm married with kids, I feel uh. like so embarrassed. So I made my friend Riley go give him my number. I like walked farther down the trail. So I wasn't like a weirdo waving in the background. <laughs> and he, she walked up and was like, Hey, my girlfriend thinks you're cute. And I get a text from him later that day. And he, he told me that he didn't see me. And now he's like, no, I definitely fucking saw you and your big butt. And we definitely locked eyes. And, like, <laughs> and I was like, thank you. I knew he did. And then like two days later, a day later, we went out on a date. And then like two weeks in, we were boyfriend and girlfriend. Two weeks after that, we said, I love you. Wow. This month I'm moving in with him. Like it all yeah. just like everything happened so perfectly. And there was no games. I never questioned like his feelings about me. We were so open about everything. And I swear the universe, like with the last guy was like, you passed our test. And like, yeah. here's Carl. <laughs> yeah. So it was just, it was so, it was so perfect. I love That's that. Amazing. That's what I hear the most. It's like when it's right, it's just easy. And like, oh my God, yeah. All the stuff that bullshit you've gone through before is just like a thing that you forget it because it's this is what it was supposed to feel like the whole time. So, yeah, yeah. And it's so cliche, but like when you know, you know. And I was just yeah. like, oh my God, it really is just easy. Like, I'm not, I'm not having to force it. And like, if anything, he was like, I want to be with you. And I was like, wait, what? Like, are you sure? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, it was, it's been great though. Do you think like now that you've, you're such a, in such a good place with your body and like your career and all that thing, do you think that is what essentially gave him the space to come into your life? I think like, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Right. And like, is yeah. it, how is it different now dating him with like your, your new like body image and all of these things that you've learned compared to like past relationships? Yeah. I mean, and I think for a long time, I really didn't know what the fuck I wanted to do with my life. And I kind of hoped that a guy would come in and save me and, yeah. and then I'd like be secure. Um, and I think that's why Carl and I are, are so happy is because he is so happy in his career. I'm so happy in my career. I don't put all of my like self-worth into him. Mm -hmm. Um, and my body image is really great, but 
I also, I mean, I still have bad body days and I still go through, you know, stressful moments where I'm like not feeling my best. Mm-hmm. Um, and I definitely struggled with this in a little bit or in the beginning because he was like, I love how confident you are. And I almost felt like, oh my God, I can't share with him when I'm not feeling good because he thinks I'm this like super confident person. Yeah. And I finally opened up because like I was going through some hormonal stuff with like getting off birth control. My skin was a mess and I was just having gut issues. So I felt bloated all the time. And I broke down one day and I was like, I feel gross. And he's like, oh my God, like, why haven't you told me? And I just realized it was like, oh my gosh, I can still tell someone that my body image isn't great this day, but like, I don't need him to fill me up. I know that like the next day I'll, I'll be feeling better. And he is so great at supporting me when I am having a bad body day. Mm -hmm. Um, but I know that I've, I've worked so hard at being able to fill myself up without anybody else that I think it relieves the pressure of him because we've all, I mean, I've been with a guy that like was super insecure. I've also been the super insecure girl of the guy having to tell me all the time I look amazing and great and beautiful and then not feeling it, mm-hmm. that when Carl does give me a compliment, I really do feel it. And I think that's what makes it so much better is he's not constantly having to fill me up and it's like being dismissed. I'm not like shoving off like his compliments. Um, but yeah, it's just, I just feel so much more supported and able to like be vulnerable too. Um, but yeah, there's not so much pressure on him to like be everything for me. Mm-hmm. It's important. Are yeah. Sure? <laughs> what does Carl do and how old is he? So weirdly enough, he's younger than me. Which, that. Yeah. Um, I usually probably wouldn't date a guy that's younger than me just because guys, I feel like mature so much later in life. But um, he's 28 and or no, he just turned 29. He, like, loves to say that I'm, like, a cougar. I'm, like, <laughs> only a year older than him. Um, but he's 29. He's in med device sales. Um, super successful. Um, his family's from Cameroon, so from West Africa. Um, cool. So coming from, like, an immigrant family, he is so driven and motivated. His family's so wonderful. Um, I met them, like, in, or in November, so, like, a month after us meeting. His oh. family came here. Um, and it just wasn't weird meeting his family for Thanksgiving. He came home with me for Christmas and he just, he's the most motivated, like ambitious person. I know we definitely butt heads sometimes because he like works a lot and I'm always Mm -hmm. like, you need to do self care and relax. And Mm -hmm. I'm very like, not bare minimum, but I just like, (laughs) I've worked so hard for so long that I love like being able to not work as much, but he's very much like super driven. Um, and he's definitely wanting to shift more into like coaching and consulting. Um, he's really passionate about, um, kind of like our generation being fulfilled in their jobs and realizing that a lot of corporations and big companies don't really know how to support the millennial generation because we're job jumpers and, a lot of the time we go into these entry level jobs and we don't know what the fuck we're doing and the company doesn't support us. So he kind of wants to like bridge the gap with that. And he, um, has created like a curriculum. He's come out with a podcast called the free time podcast. He's just like, he's doing so much all the time. (laughs) I can't keep up. Wow. That's amazing. Um, I want to talk about your modeling career too, a little bit. You're with Wilhelmina in Denver. Yeah. So I just recently signed with them. I haven't really had a chance to do much work with them, especially mm-hmm. now with like coronavirus. Yeah. Um, but it was funny because I mean, growing up, I, I think I, most girls are like, I want to be a Victoria's Secret model. Mm-hmm. And like, I remember seeing those like fashion shows and being like, holy shit, my body does not look like that. And like, that was just the type of models we grew up with. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you girls are probably a little bit younger than me, but um, I feel like it's been the same messaging. And I remember like a Kim Kardashian being like the first curvy person. Mm-hmm. Um, and even like her curves are like, you know, not real, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> so they're like perfectly proportioned. Yeah. Um, but when I started doing like in Instagram influencing and working with brands and stuff like that and getting photographers here in Denver, like asking me to do photo shoots and stuff, it was so weird because I was just like, Oh my God, I I never imagined that I would be a model. And then when Wilhelmina asked to sign me, I was just like, holy shit. Like, 
I, I'm really happy because the modeling industry is starting to shift and change. I love yeah. companies like Aerie that don't Photoshop, that have stretch marks like yeah. cellulite, so cool. women, yeah, disabled women. Um, and I think it's so amazing. And I'm really hoping that this year I can definitely get more into modeling just because I know if I saw girls that looked like me when I was younger, my body image probably would have been a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it is really important for, and I'm not considered plus size, but for some I probably would be. But um, I think it's just so important to have a diverse range of body image, like bodies, especially, you know, super skinny and then, you know, super big and curvy. And I think it's just important to like see all of that. Um, so I'm happy to be a part of the Wilhelmina team here. Um, mm-hmm. They they have a, such a range of different shapes and sizes on their team here too, which is awesome, which is why I wanted to sign with them. I know. I love that they're doing that. And I feel like we're making like huge strides in those regards with the people that you said and like them essentially, I, didn't they cancel the Victoria's Secret show because of that? Because yeah, of the and body image ha- stuff? Yeah, yeah. And now they have like a girl that, I mean, she's like a size eight which is like, they're like, you have a plus size model. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, that's not plus size. For them, I guess, we'll take it. Yeah, well, I mean, for them, I mean, their business was failing because there are so many other companies like Savage Fenty and stuff that, or the lingerie company or whatever, like that has so many different body types that people Mm -hmm. are like, I don't want to fucking support one that only has like skinny white women. Yeah, it's so cool. And it's so true because like, we just grew up thinking that was the norm. Like we didn't see anyone that looked like us. So obviously people, that's why you get bullied because kids just think, Oh, that's like the standard. So if you don't yeah, look like that. Yeah, it's what you're supposed to look like. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. So I'm really glad that we're making those strides. Do you think that we're fully there yet? Or do you think that there's still places where we can still, like push that envelope forward? I mean, there's definitely a lot of improvement that needs to happen. And I also think a lot of companies just hop on this body positivity bandwagon just because Mm -hmm. it's good for their marketing. Um, And I hope that brands genuinely want to bring it on to be inclusive. Mm -hmm. Um, I also hope that we do start to shift because there is this big body positivity movement and it actually started because of people wanting to become more fat positive and Mm -hmm. not live in such a fat phobic society. But I really hope we, and I do this with a lot of my clients, is kind of move away from the body positivity and and be a little bit more body neutral because we got to a place of being so unhappy with our bodies because we put so much focus on them. And body positivity, which I think is so amazing, I would say I'm I'm body positive, body positive, t- oh, I can't speak. body <laughs> positive, um, but. I want to take the focus away from our bodies as much because Mm -hmm. when we hyper-focus on our bodies, even when it's good stuff, we take away from like our true values and like who we really are. And so I think there's like two ends of the spectrum where I think being body neutral and just like knowing like your body's your body and being able to accept it for what it is, but not hyper-focusing on it, even in a super positive way, I think will be more helpful for like future generations, which I hope more brands will kind of get on board of like, you know, clothing and lingerie and stuff like that. Like these are things to just make us feel good, but they're not everything. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I love the strides that we have made over the last five or so years. It's been amazing to see, and I hope it continues to grow in that way. But there are definitely some brands that like a lot of higher end fashion brands that still don't want to work with plus size models. And it's fucking stupid. Mm-hmm. Like they're losing out on like so many women. So that much would buy their clothes. I know yeah. it's crazy. I like that idea of body neutral. And it's like, I feel like we put, yeah, so much focus on our body. We kind of forget that we're not just like body parts. Like we're like souls and people and people. human beings. Yeah. yeah. So it's, I like that neutral idea of it. So we, cause there's so much focus on just like the outer exterior part, but there's so much more in there that we can like yeah. shift our energy and focus to. Right. And even, yeah. sh- and even shifting it away from us and what we look like and like out (laughs) and like other people too like never judging anyone like getting to know people for who they are not like always judging people based on how they look yeah yeah moving away from that too it's it seems more feasible for people because if you're someone that hates your body to look at someone that like loves their body so much and is like I love my stretch marks I love my cellulite which is possible and great but like 
truth be told, I don't love my cellulite. I don't love my stretch marks and that's okay. I still love my body as a whole, but I'm not, I'm not like, Oh my God, I fucking love these parts of me. And I'm yeah. just like, meh. But I think that seems a little bit more feasible for people mm-hmm. because it's mm-hmm. like, Oh, I can, I can feel neutral about my body. I don't have to love it nor hate it. That seems more like a feasible place than like so far away of being body positive. And that's honestly where most people will get if they try to to get to this body positive space is just learning to accept your body and not hyper-focusing on it so much. So I, I use that with my clients because it doesn't seem so far-fetched for them. Right. How do you like shift out when you have like say an off day or you're feeling triggered or like you're just not feeling yourself one day? Like what are your tools that you tell yourself or your clients to kind of get out of that mindset? Yeah. So I, um, call it like a self-care toolbox. Um, because a lot of the time when we're feeling really, really low or feeling overwhelmed or anxious, we don't necessarily have the brain capacity to be like, Oh, these are the things that I should do for myself to make myself feel good. Cause you feel like shit. And mm-hmm. the only thing you want to do is like sit in bed and just like stare at a wall. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I like to have my clients create like a self-care toolbox where they put all of the things that they know will make them feel good, either into a box or they can put it even in the notes of their phone or dedicate like a space in their home where they're going to do some self-care. So for me, I love music. So I've created like a self-care playlist. And so I put on, you know, so many songs that like make me feel really good about myself and I'll play that. I know meditation really helps me. So maybe I'll do like a five or 10 minute like body image meditation. Um, Getting outside is huge for me, like being out in nature, going for a walk. Um, I love candles. I love scents. So putting, you know, like a diffuser on or lighting a candle, um, really making sure that you take some time for yourself. Um, Journaling is really big. So just brain dumping kind of what you're feeling and then asking for support. So all of my clients maybe write on note cards because you can't put a walk in a box, but write on note cards like go for a 10 minute walk step outside and do some breath work, um, listen to your playlist and put it in the box. So when you're feeling overwhelmed, it's like, okay, I know that I can go to my box. I don't necessarily know what I can do, but I've written all these things down so I can just grab and pull. And also remind yourself, like, this is not a permanent feeling. You're not stuck feeling this way and allowing yourself to actually feel shitty because when we allow ourselves to, to feel those feelings, they're going to flow a little bit more freely when we like reject them and when we push away from them, then we resist them and they like tend to kind of explode a little bit more. And then we find ourselves like feeling guilty about feeling bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just kind of tell my clients like sit in it, journal about it, feel it, do some self care to kind of soothe yourself. Um, and hopefully the next day or in a couple hours you feel a little bit better. Awesome. I love that. Yeah, I'm going to start doing that. Me too. I learned yeah. so much. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I'm so glad. Um, I'm wondering, do you have any, like, male clients or are most of your clients women that kind of deal with these issues? Yeah, so all of my clients have been women. Um, I did have a mother reach out about her son that struggles with an eating disorder. I'm happy to work with men. I Most of my focus has been on women, though, just because, obviously, dealing with my own, um, I feel like I can relate to them a little bit more, but... Um, I mean, that is the thing is, is men struggle from eating disorders too. And there's definitely a pressure for men to look a certain way. And I think it's a lot harder for men to be vulnerable. Um, so I'm, I'm always happy to work with men. I just, it hasn't really come across for me yet. Yeah. Well, maybe you'll get some clients from this episode. I know. Who knows? (laughs) Awesome. This was so fun. I learned so much. I'm so glad. Thank you guys so much for having me on. Yeah. What do you have that you're working on or anything that's coming up that once we get out of this Corona world (laughs) that you're excited about? Yeah. So, um, I, well, I just launched the good juju gang, which is, um, like an exclusive group that I have for my followers that maybe can't afford coaching right now. Um, and you get added to my close friends on my Instagram stories. Um, it's $11 a month. Um, you get daily or at least every other day kind of body image work, self-care, um, meditation, breath work, makeup tutorials, at-home workouts, whatever kind of I'm feeling the need to share. Um, it's a fun little group, which I love and it's affordable. It's like, you know, 11 mm-hmm. bucks a month. It's like right. two cups of coffee. Right. Um, 
so that's continuous. I'm also just working on growing like my coaching business. And so I'm always taking on clients, um, but really looking to also work with um, a couple brands throughout the year that I really just, just align with. Um, I'm kind of shifting out of just doing some like random paid posts and stuff here mm-hmm. and really looking to like partner with some bigger brands that, um, that I would just like to continuously work with. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know necessarily what's next. Definitely just focusing on, on my coaching because it's been a year now and now I'm kind of like fine tuned everything. Mm-hmm. So just really growing that. That's so That's amazing. Awesome. Where yeah. can, um, our listeners find you? What's- yeah. Um, Instagram is fit, fat and all that. Um, and my website is fit, fat and all that.com. And my email is fit, fat and all that at gmail.com. <laughs> so amazing. all of the fit, fat and all that. <laughs> I, I love, love that it. name, by the way. It's amazing. Thank you. Yeah. My aunt <laughs> helped me come up with it. So super cute. Some like royalties or something. Yeah. Absolutely. I love it. Well, thank you so much for, you know, hanging out with us. Yeah. Thank yeah. You. Thank you so much love for talking having to you. me. Yeah. yeah. Good luck with everything that's going down. I know. Thanks, girl. <laughs> you too, girl. All right. Bye. Stay safe. Bye. Bye.